Carrie, thank you. That was wonderful. Y'all, we're in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 3, and I hope you have your Bibles open. We'll be going back and forth to some other passages as well. Uh, this will be uh, our next to last sermon in this series. We'll finish up next week, so I encourage you to be back and to be reading through the wilderness uh, experience as we prepare to end this series. And listen, I realize I realize that the last couple of sermons have gone a little bit long. So I'm going to make today, being, trying to be as faithful as I can to the Word, we're going to make this a much more brief sermon. And that's a good reminder to us, by the way, when we're in a wilderness season, when we're in a dry season, that it needs to be as short as it can be. I still want to let the Lord do His work. That was our first sermon together. I want to make sure that I'm open to all that he has for us in that season. In that first sermon, we talked about the reason they had to go through the wilderness. The reason he didn't let them go straight to the promised land is because he knew they weren't ready. That he had to have a season of working in their lives to get them ready for that. But let it be as short as possible. Let God do that work. In 2018, I was blessed to be at the New Room Conference hosted by Asbury Theological Seminary. And Ashley Matthews was one of the guest speakers there, and she gave that warning uh, to those who were in attendance at that conference. Here's what she said. Do not be careless when you are in a dry season, but also don't be too patient when you're in a dry season, because a dry season can quickly become a drought, and a drought can quickly and actually become a desert. So we want to make sure to let the Lord do his work. When we're in an unsettled time, an anxious time like we are here, whenever we find ourselves in a dry season, a wilderness experience with the Lord, yes, let him do his work to unsettle us, to draw us to him, to his purposes, to his provision, but get out when it's time to get out. Do not linger in that season because too quickly it can become a drought and then a desert. Get out. And listen, we might just want to say when we're in a a difficult season or dry season, I guess this is just what life is. This side of heaven, this is just the way it's going to be. And you see the people of God in the wilderness fall for some of that. They just begin saying, well, I'll grasp a little of the world here, I'll grasp a little of the world there, and that will get me through. But what we're seeing throughout the wilderness experience is God saying, it's worship, it's Sabbath, it's mentoring relationships. Those things will sustain you. Now, here are the ways also to get out. Last week we looked at obedience. Obedience always offers a way out. And today it's just two things. Today, it's this reminder that you're going to see this repeated pattern in in our scripture, but throughout the wilderness experience, that God, to get his people out, constantly puts before them, their ears and their eyes, he constantly puts before them his word and his vision of what that hope and life will be on the other side. And also, he takes that time to carefully 
prepare his people for what is next. There is no rush. There is no skipping that step, but there's always a season of preparation. So let's go to Deuteronomy 3. What is it here, but also throughout the wilderness experience, how do we see that God's word and his vision is put before their eyes and their ears? And where's this season of preparation, this step that we cannot skip? Now, if you remember, we'll just look at Moses' life. He's told, as we, we talked about last week, he's told in Numbers 20, you're not going to get to go to the Holy Land because of your disobedience, because you did not treat me as holy in front of the people, you don't get to go. And then, though, in Numbers 27, God says to him, go up, go up on that mountain and look at the promised land. Well, that's, that's not when Moses went up to look. And also you have Joshua, who's going to be next. So you have this vision already being set and also this preparation for who's next, but it doesn't happen right then. And then when you get to the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, we get this opening phrase. These are the words that Moses spoke to Israel. So here are all these words that God is sharing through his servant Moses. Speak this to my people. And you get to Deuteronomy 3, our passage today, and Moses is talking about that time that he argued with God about why can't I go over. I know you've said chapters before that I'm not going to get to go. I know you said chapters before uh, that, that I'm going to go up to a mountain and look. That hasn't happened yet. And so he's arguing, and God says, and this, is, this is a difficult word, enough from you. Do not speak to me of this matter again. And then verse 27, go up and look at the land. Again, go up and see it beforehand. And then this next verse, verse 28. As for Joshua, this one that I've already told you who is next, who will take the people over, here's what I want you to do in his life. I want you to encourage him, and I want you to strengthen him. It's still not yet, but God's already putting a vision before them, and he's also putting this time of preparation. Begin pouring into Joshua right now. He's not only getting Joshua ready, but in this public speaking, it's this reminder too, he's getting the people ready for what life will be like in this new reality. And then when we finally get to Deuteronomy 31, and God gives Moses this song to write, he's speaking of the people's future idolatry when they get across the Jordan. And he's letting them know, I know that you're still going to struggle over there. And he's giving them correction, but he's also giving them a vision of the recovery that can happen. It's always vision, and then it's preparation. This vision in, in Deuteronomy 32, after that song, verse 47, he says, These are not empty words, but these words, they are to be your very life. Set this vision before you. And then again, at the end of that, just a couple of verses later, Deuteronomy 32, 49. Moses, go up and look. But it's still not yet. So we've had several, at least three occurrences of go up and look. It doesn't happen. And then you get to chapter 33, and God's giving a word through Moses to all the tribes. It's, again, this vision and the importance of God's word. What does he have to say before you get to this promised land? And then finally... We get to this moment in Deuteronomy 34 where Moses finally goes up the mountain and he looks and he sees the promised land and then the next verse and then he dies. It's been this 
season of God casting the vision, but also preparing Joshua and preparing the people of God of what this promised reality, this promised land, that kind of new life with God will be like to faithfully get out of the wilderness. We have to set before our eyes to, to put in our ears the vision and word of God and then to allow him to do and to cooperate with that work, that preparing work of God. And he does that all the time. In all these wilderness experiences or struggling time, you see it with David, you see it with the disciples, you definitely see it in the life of Paul. Look at Paul's life. You would think after this radical conversion that immediately you would have him doing all kinds of things. He doesn't. Scripture says he goes away to Arabia for a while. Now, he may have done ministry there, but it's years before he comes back. And then when you get to the book of Acts, really in the first 14 years of his ministry, I think there's only like nine verses about him, of what he's doing. It's actually a season of preparing with Barnabas stating his case, with God pouring into him uh, and him being probably discipled, encouraged by others. And he even says it's Jesus uh, that poured, poured into him indirectly when he says it wasn't the apostles. So there's this reminder of having the word of God, his vision before us, but also allowing for a season to be equipped and prepared that we don't Rush that. Um, it can be that way for us. We get excited about what Christ's done in our life and listen, if the testimony opens up an opportunity for testimony, you give that, that testimony. But will we do the hard work to really prepare well? Like with our Alpha Online course, really prepare well where I know the foundations of our faith so I can speak them. As we said in Bible study this week, always be prepared to have a word uh, or a testimony, an apologetic, a defense for the hope that's within you. God calls his people, if you want to get out, it's not always quick. There's a season where you and I have to co- co- cooperate with the Spirit of God. Do what you want to do in my life to prepare me for that next reality. There's a word here for us. How has God given us that vision, and how is God preparing us for that? Um, We need that before us. I was blessed uh, last week to see one of the children of our church post in Facebook their little daily lists of things they need to do, that they made a list so that list would be before them so they can check off and make sure they do what they're supposed to do. Uh, One of the, the, the... the components of that was brush their teeth, check, brush their hair, check, be happy. I like that. So much of life with others and with God is our, our attitude. Be happy, check that. And then this one, hug mom a lot. To have that list before us, to have that vision before us, that's why the word of God is so essential to us in the wilderness in any kind of dry season. To keep that before us, to be reminded again of who we are, whose we are, but also what we are to do. It's interesting. We talked, we've talked about this earlier, and Corey preached to us about this too. When Jesus is in the wilderness temptation with the devil, it's the word. It's how he fights the devil. It's the word that he gives to the devil, but we kind of forget. What's he quoting? 
He's quoting Deuteronomy. There's a psalm in there too. But the bulk of what he says to the devil, it's wilderness. Here I am in the wilderness. Well, let me quote the wilderness back to you. And here's how God showed up in the wilderness. And here's what God's testimony was to the people of God in the wilderness. To keep the vision of God, here's what that land will be like for you. To keep that vision of God, here's what I want you to do. It's ever got to be before our eyes. And you see that happen throughout the first five books of the Bible, but especially here in Deuteronomy. Um, the Ten Commandments are on a tablet, a physical tablet. I'm not just going to tell you so you can memorize it, but here they are on the tablet so you can see them. And then you get to De- Deuteronomy 6, the Shema. Here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Well, yeah, I need you to write all these things down. Keep them before your families and before your children on doorposts and gates. It's got to be before you. And then we get to Deuteronomy 27. Once they get to the promised land, large stones, cover them with lime, this plaster. And I want you to write all the law on that so you can see it. I've cast a vision. You've heard it, but I also need you to see it. How is it you and I? can be careful with our lives and make sure to help, it'll help us get out of a dry season that I'm going to keep his word and his vision before me. Whether it's just simply an alarm in our phone that reminds us it's time to read and pray the spiritual disciplines. Whether it's setting a, a Bible out in the living room for our, so our families know this is, this is going to be something that's always before us. Maybe it's Christian art that's in your home or scriptures on, on the walls of your home. Just reminding you again of who you are and who you are called to be. The back room, when I was growing up, the back room was for my dad at our house there in my junior high and senior high days. It was just his. That's where he had his incredible stereo. I'll tell you about that sometime. And also his TV, that was his room. But I can't count how many times when I would go back there to grab something or to go, you know, whatever, passing by, where in my high school days, I saw him in his Bible. I saw him reading the Word of God and the impact and the way that that still ministers to me this day. Or, or, or just knowing even now, my mom in her 70s is still teaching Sunday school. That she's still lifting up the word to her classmates in, in her 70s. That God's not through and the word's going to be a part of her life. To wonder about what the impact is going to be for years. When, when my kids continue to walk downstairs in our living room and just see yet another journal that Sarah, my wife, has. Where she's filling out what what her prayers are, what her thoughts are because of her devotional life. When you and I keep the word before us, keep that vision before us, it's critical for us and it's critical for those around us. And by doing that, God understood it. That's why. Put it on the large stones. Put it on the doorpost. He knows we need it. My son and his new wife came up to visit us uh, last fall and they had just bought a new dog, and we were excited uh, to get to meet Bean. That's the name of the dog. And we decided to take the dog out for a walk, not just in our neighborhood, but we thought we'd go to a park. We pulled up to this park, and really where we parked, there were several people there. We kind of got on the walking track uh, off to the side, so we didn't go through the main entrance. But I remember walking around that track, and, you know, you've got this new dog, and you just want to kind of show, show it off a little bit as you're walking around. I'll go ahead and tell you, it was Strawberry Park just because I got a little frustrated. So we're walking around that park, and, and people weren't 
you know, as, as friendly as I thought they ought to be. I'm thinking, hey, this is a sweet little dog. It's well-mannered. But nobody, and we would clean up after it. We were ready for that if something happened, right? We make that half the track, and nobody's really interacting. And to be honest with you, as we started finishing that track, I even had a few people giving us the eye. Now, I had a little bit of my South Jackson come out of me. I'm like, hey, why, why are you looking at us funny? Are, am I not allowed? Uh, you know, I, I, I went to Witten Junior High. Are you, are you judging us because we're here in, in, in Madison, Mississippi, and you're giving us a little bit of attitude, us just enjoying this walk around the park? Well, finally, we finished that first lap, about to take a second lap, and there's the sign, no dogs allowed. I know why they were looking at us. We're the only person with a dog in that whole park, and I've never seen a dog there again. I just missed the sign. I missed what was clearly right there. If you went through the main entrance, it was right there, and you would have gotten it. But we just kind of skirted around the edge trying to avoid some traffic and just go. God is constantly putting his vision before us, and if we, if we miss it, we're going to miss a lot. You want to get out of the wilderness. Have the word of God and whatever vision he has cast, we have to put that before our eyes. And listen, we need preparation too. If you want to teach, I am ecstatic you want to teach. But we have to be prepared and equipped to do that ministry. You just see Moses pouring into and God ordaining. You pour into Joshua to get him ready. You see uh, 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 God pouring into the people of God to get them ready. If you want to if you want to share about your faith, if you have a heart to reach people for Christ, I would first say to you, have you read the book of Acts? Have you watched how the early church did that? Matter of fact, have you read your Bible? If you're going to share about the word, have you done that hard work of preparing so you can give an account for the hope that is within you? And also to make sure you do it as they did it with gentleness and with reverence. It also is a reminder, too, for us in parenting or in marriage or in friendships, we live in a different world today, a busy and frenetic culture. Our kids are wrestling. Yes, it's the same thing. There's nothing new under the sun, but there's a whole lot of new ways for our kids to be tempted by this world. There's so much work to be done as, as parents and how we protect our children and invest in them. Uh, there's so much work to be done in marriages with this crazy culture and pace of life. How are we being careful about that? Uh, with all the wild theologies that are out there. How is it we're preparing to battle those? I, I love how our staff, even before this season, Corey and Renee have been so good to bless our parents with some seminars during the Sunday school hour. Hey, if you're wrestling with social media, you're wrestling with this issue, they've been great to resources. And through this season, Ben, Corey, and Renee have been so good. And I hope you'll let them do this for you to, to really resource us to prepare us for how we do parenting or how we do discipleship. I bumped into a, a phrase this week online that says, nobody becomes a disciple by accident. It's, it's hard won. It's a process. And so what we see in the life of Moses, God's preparing Joshua. He's having Moses uh, uh, pour into him. So if we want to do the things that God's calling us to do, whether it's our own discipleship or teaching or evangelism or doing friendship well, parenting well, marriage well, there's this reminder throughout that it has to be intentional, that there has to be a season of preparation before we get to the promised land. It, does, it doesn't happen like that. Will we do that hard work and say, Lord, 
Here's where I am in this dry season, but I'm ready to go to work. How is it you would want to strengthen me, encourage me, equip me? Yes, the word's going to be always before me, but do this hard work of discipling me. And listen, as we get into that, there's this wonderful, I think, moment of tender mercy that I, I don't want us to miss. Because, and, I, and I even went back a little bit in our reading earlier uh, when God's talking to them about a struggle that they've had. And this word comes up again, you don't have, you don't have to fear. You, you can trust the vision I'm going to set before you. You, you can, you can, you can uh, trust the preparation that I'll do in your life. But it's this little last tender mercy from the New Testament that I think also says to us uh, something of the grace of God that we don't have to fear because if we're honest, there are times that we haven't set the vision of God. We're so busy that we've forgotten to set his word before us or even to seek, what is your vision for my work? What is your vision for my community? What's your vision for my marriage? What's your vision for my parenting? What's your vision for my, for my serving through my church family? We, just, we haven't done that or maybe we've not done that hard work of preparation. We've tried to skip those steps and so we come to a, a sermon like today and we say, or come to that word today and that model and say, Boy, I've just not met that mark, and so I'm just going to step back, and I'll just kind of stumble and bumble. And yet here, there's such mercy and grace with God. Um, There's a lot that happens on mountains with God in Scripture. One thing that happens in Matthew, uh, I believe it's Luke 4, and I think it may be Matthew 4 as well, uh, but we're reminded again of, uh, oh, that was the temptation, excuse me, later later in those uh, 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 Gospels were reminded of the transfiguration of Jesus, that that occurred on a mountain. Uh, just as Moses is going up to the mountain, uh, Jesus goes up to the mountain and he's transfigured in his glory there. And who is it that shows up? Who is it that shows up right there? And I, lo- I, I don't know what mountain it was. We debate traditionally, they say Mount Tabor. Maybe it seems biblically it makes more sense to say it was Mount Hermon or maybe, maybe even Mount Maron. Um, I don't know, but I love what Christian author Philip Yancey says. We miss a tender mercy of God. Whatever mountain it was, wherever it was geographically, um, it was in the Holy Land. It was in the Promised Land. It was within the borders of the tribes. And so when Jesus is transfigured there, who shows up? It's not just Elijah, but it's, it's Moses. And I love, I love what Christian uh, author Philip Yancey says about that experience. He says, at that moment of tender mercy, Moses finally realizes his life dream. He stood on the mountaintop in the promised land. There's always grace. There's always mercy. We can tend to beat ourselves up. Maybe, maybe sadly, we can resign ourselves to, to life in the wilderness. And listen, there's going to be mercy over that. He just doesn't want us to stay there, though, in the wilderness, in a dry season. He's now saying, as we're ending this experience, here are the ways to get out. It is obedience. You set my vision and my word before you at all times, and you do the work in this season to prepare yourself for what is next. But understand, there's always the mercy of God. Uh, we praise God for that. Let's, let's pray about that. Father, we do pray.
that you would help us to be intentional to always keep your word and your vision before us, that it would be your word and vision that guides our lives, that it would be clear and evident in our homes. Uh, Father, that it would be evident in the way that we do our relationships, the way that we lead our our families or our children, the ways uh, that we live and exist as a church family, that we would always look to you and to your word. Father, in this time where things have changed and we're unsettled, Father, by your Spirit, help us to consistently and always keep your vision, what you have said about us and who we're to be. Keep that before us. Also, Father, it is our prayer that we would be open to the work that you would do. We would not skip the hard step of discipleship and equipping and preparation. You're so clear in your word about your goodness and faithfulness to build into us, to be thinking long-term, to use that season of development and encouragement and strengthening. Father, help us to be faithful, to respond to that word, and expect you to do that work in our lives so that we will be ready for what's next in our church family, uh, what will be next in our own families, will be next in our serving, will be next for how we will be a church to our community and to the world. Uh, Father, we thank you for your plans, that your desire is to meet us in our wilderness but also, Father God, to set before us the things that will bring us out. We praise you and we thank you. Bless now our response to this, your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with us now and always. And all of God's people said, amen.